You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to What's New with Wired. It's Friday, March 18th. Today we're talking about how Europe's efforts to avoid Russian energy imports will likely trigger a short-term spike in coal, and that has environmentalists concerned. Before we get into today's top story, remember to check out our other Wired podcasts. Today in Wired Business, activists are reaching Russians behind Putin's propaganda wall. Checking in on Wired Science, researchers have observed chimps applying insects to wounds, and it's raising big questions about animal altruism and self-medication. And on Wired Security, we're a step closer to a password-free future. After a decade of work, the Fido Alliance says it's found the missing piece in the bridge to get there. Listen to these stories and more at wired.com slash podcasts. The fate of UK's West Burton A power station was supposed to be sealed. It is one of only three remaining coal plants in a country committed to phasing out coal completely by 2024. Last March, the plant's future was bleak. Its owner, the French power company EDF, announced the site would close for good in September 2022. EDF has already shut down two of its four units. But when the UK came under pressure to ditch Russian energy imports in response to the war in Ukraine, officials approached EDF to see if the site could keep running beyond September, according to the Times. A spokesperson for the UK's Department of Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy told Wired the government is exploring a range of options, including extending the operation of coal-fired power stations that are due to close in September. But no decisions have been made and EDF has not received a formal request, the spokesperson added. The UK is not the only country where coal could make a comeback as governments search for power sources to replace the Russian energy in their systems. We will have to restart coal-fired power plants, Romania's environment minister, Barnia Tansos, said last week on Facebook. The country's Mitya coal plant, which was closed in 2021, now could be reopened, according to local news. Neither Romania's energy minister nor the company that controls Mintia replied to a request for comment. The Czech Republic also expects to keep using coal for power beyond the end of the decade. Pragmatism must trump every political commitment, Germany's economy minister, Green Party politician Robert Habeck, said early in March. The international rush to cut ties with Russia has exposed how reliant Europe is on Moscow to keep the lights on. While the UK only imports 4% of its natural gas from Russia, Germany relies on the country for 50%, and in Bulgaria, that number rises to 100%. Since Russia invaded Ukraine, the UK and the EU have been attempting to sever those ties. 
Britain says it will phase out Russian oil imports by the end of the year and is considering options to end gas imports too. The EU plans to cut imports of Russian gas by two-thirds within a year. Phasing out Russian energy is a crucial step in freeing Europe to make its own foreign policy decisions, says George Zachman, a senior fellow at economic think tank Bruegel. That means not being dependent on Russian fossil fuels and thereby subject to energy blackmail, he says. On March 7th, Russia provided a preview of what that blackmail could look like, threatening to cut natural gas supplies to Europe in response to sanctions. The prospect of Russia cutting off gas supplies has sparked a rush of alternatives that could prevent an energy crisis next winter. The EU has argued that any gap left by Russian gas can be filled by renewables in the long term. Renewables give us the freedom to choose energy sources that are clean, cheap, reliable, and ours, said European Commission Vice President Franz Timmerman. But experts believe the short term will be more complicated and could spark a resurgence of fossil fuels. In the first week of March, power plants in Europe burned 51% more coal than a year earlier, according to data from research institute Fraunhofer ISE. The world's biggest private coal producer, Peabody Energy, posted record results in February, reaching net earnings of $513 million in the final three months of 2021, up from a loss of $129 million a year before. In Europe last year, coal power registered its first increase in almost a decade, up 18%. But analysts like Zachman argue that any new reliance on coal is simply a short-lived way to leverage existing infrastructure until renewables can pick up the slack. The benefit of burning more coal is we have existing coal-fired power plants that can do that, that do not require new investments, and therefore we do not lock in new dependencies, he adds. Others believe a short-term spike in emissions would be negated by the boost renewables will receive as Europe cuts ties to Russian gas. We've got to get through a difficult winter and beyond by looking at resilience, and that may take us back to burning more fossil fuels if they're available, says Michael Bradshaw, professor of global energy at UK's Warwick University. But at the same time, we lay the foundations so that we can actually make greater progress toward the green transition at a faster pace. Václav Bartuška, ambassador-at-large for energy security in Czechia, echoes that idea. There is a temporary role for coal, which we had hoped would be out of the energy mix by the end of this decade, but it will stay longer. He told news website Seznam Spravi last week. We will need it until we find alternative sources. Until that time, even the greenest government will not phase out coal. How long the use of coal could continue is unclear. The European Commission is talking about 1,000 gigawatts of renewable capacity on the system by 2030, which is roughly three times what is installed today, says Richard Howard, research director at consultancy Aurora Energy, describing this number as hard to believe. But in terms of direction, it's actually encouraging that there's such momentum to really accelerate the green transition as a result of this, he says. The idea of even a short-term spike in coal use does not sit well with everyone, We can't afford it, not even as a temporary solution, says Chiara Martinelli, director of Climate Action Network Europe, adding that the dependency on fossil fuels needs to stop. I think what we need to look into more in terms of short-term measures is reducing energy demands. Greenpeace Germany has also advocated for reducing energy consumption for the duration of the war, suggesting a driving ban on Sundays, encouraging people to lower their heating by one or two degrees, and advocating for new speed limits of 100 kilometers per hour on motorways, 80 kilometers per hour on country roads, and 30 kilometers per hour in cities. The introduction of a speed limit of 100 kilometers per hour on motorways alone would reduce fuel consumption by 2 million tons per year, the group said. But Karsten Smid, climate and energy expert at Greenpeace Germany, says even these measures need to factor in the use of coal. 
In the short term, we are so dependent on Russian imports that we need everything that we can do. And so in our prognosis, there will also be a shift from gas to coal. This might be a surprising position for Greenpeace to take. For Smid, it's a question of priorities. There is no clean oil, and there's no clean coal. But at the moment, everything is better than financing Putin's war in the Ukraine, he says. Thanks for listening to Wired. Check back in tomorrow to hear more stories from Wired.com. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.